Okay, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and I am so glad you are hanging out here with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to start by thanking our amazing sponsors. We got Western Mule Magazine. Uh, ben and Anita Tennyson, they've had this magazine a long time, and they know how to do a good job. And, and if you didn't know, we actually write for Western Mule Magazine. Been writing for these guys for like three years now. And I really enjoy it, uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I've tried to kind of gear my articles for Western Mule Magazine to to fit all the different disciplines. Um, you know, I guess not segregate uh, disciplines, you know, not just focus on trail riding, you know, or ranch work, which is what I am primarily into, um, but maybe branch out and share mulemanship philosophy that fits to, you know, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you dress or, or what you ride, um, it's going to apply, you know, these, these philosophies and these principles and these, these ideas. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, into Western dressage or classical dressage or you're a hunter jumper or you're a trail rider or you're a packer. Uh, or a ranch cowboy in Texas or a buckaroo in Nevada. Um, it doesn't matter. They apply. So, you know, if you ever have a suggestion on something that you would like me to, you know, to write about for Western Mule Magazine, just let me know. I'm happy to, uh, happy to oblige. All right. Also, I want to thank uh, Mules and More Magazine, another amazing Mule Magazine. Um, Corey Daniels over there at Mules and More Magazine does a tremendous job and you know meals more also has a digital format which is pretty cool and nowadays um so many of you you know just do everything on your phone and you can get right there on your phone so it's pretty neat and last but not least a big thanks to colt saddlery i'm very grateful for their support you know colt nearing he just built me a nice saddle um i've never I've never owned a saddle that uh, was rough out before. Well, I guess besides my uh, my bronc saddle that I used when I rode bucking horses uh, and I rodeoed, but um, I've never had a riding saddle uh, rough out, and I am loving it. It has got some serious grip and a, a great saddle. I used it last week. Uh, the, there's a branding here in town. A good buddy of mine put on a branding, and and so I roped, and and that saddle did. It was just great. I enjoyed roping in it and uh, drug a bunch of calves to the fire. So anyways, Coltonering, thank you, sir. Um, if you guys are interested in getting a good quality custom saddle built that's going to fit you and fit your mule, uh, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You can find him on Facebook. Just type in Colt Saddlery or give him a, give him a call. He's happy to talk to you. Uh, he'd love to talk to you. Uh, his number is 801-592-8381, and that's Colt Nearing. So thank you to these sponsors. Appreciate their support. You know, I would be really grateful if you would maybe just send them a little email or send them a little message and tell them thank you for supporting this podcast and tell them that you you heard them mentioned on this podcast. Um, I'm grateful for them. They They help put this on and and uh, yeah, good good folks, all of them. So for this episode, I want to talk about our clinic in Ferguson, North Carolina. We just got back, and this clinic was fantastic. Uh, they did a great job. Um, 
you know, Shannon Hoffman puts this clinic on and, you know, she, uh, she puts on mule days at Leatherwood and due to the COVID crap going on and the, and the restrictions, um, you know, she's had to cancel Leatherwood, uh, mule days last year. And again, canceled mule days this year, only this year she decided to keep the clinic going, which I am very grateful for. And, and I know all the participants are grateful for it too. Um, but Shannon does a good job putting this event on. If you've never looked up, uh, you know, mule days at Leatherwood, you need to check it out. Find, you can find it on Facebook and just type in mule days at Leatherwood, um, or look up Shannon Hoffman and you guys need to come to this mule days. This is, this is a good time. And, and I hope that next year everything will be settled down so we can do this mule days event. It's a, it's a great time. So we have this clinic in conjunction with mule days and, you know, this year we had participants at this clinic from a whole bunch of different states. We had obviously participants from North Carolina, but also Virginia, Pennsylvania, um, West Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and Maryland. So I think, I don't know that I've ever pulled um, participants from that many different states at one clinic. That's incredible. So a lot of good people. You know, we had... We put on uh, Foundation Mulemanship, Mulemanship 1 and Mulemanship 2, and they were all filled up. They filled up, and, you know, actually when we got there and, and got going, there was a few people that decided to move from Mulemanship 2 to Mulemanship 1 or to Foundation, and so we ended up not having a full class in, in uh, Mulemanship 2, which is just fine. You know, when we put on these clinics, I want them to fit. I want to make sure the class fits your animal. I want to make sure the class fits you. And so if somebody shows up and they're not quite ready, then it's pretty common to, you know, to, to go to mulemanship one or foundation class. And, you know, something that's important to remember about all these classes is that you're never past anything. You're never beyond anything. You know, think about your foundation in your house. You know, the most important, the time when your foundation becomes the most important is when your house is finally set upon it. You know, when you're building the foundation, it's just by itself. Um, it's just a foundation sitting there in the ground. It's not really doing much except for holding itself together, the concrete together, right? Your foundation matters most as you continue to build your house, as you add more weight to the structure, as you finish the structure, that's when your foundation becomes even more important. In the very beginning, when it's by itself, it's not that important, is it? And so many times in our mulemanship, as we progress and as we get better, we forget the foundation that we're supposed to be building upon. And so I've thought about doing this. I've never actually done this in a mulemanship two class, but but I might, I might, so I, I might do this in the future, you know, but sometimes we'll get working on, you know, different exercises and, and you can tell that, that some of the prerequisites aren't there. For example, there's just one little exercise that we, that we work on the very first day, rolling the hind, roll in the front. It's actually a, an exercise that we introduce in mulemanship one, but we, we expound upon it in mulemanship two. But there's so many times that I've thought about, you know, what, what if I just had everybody get off their mule and put their halters on for a minute and show me that they can do this move really good on the ground. And I, and I bet if I did that, a lot of people might not be able to actually 
show me that. But yet they're, you know, in the Mulemanship 2 class. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you from taking Mulemanship 2, but my point here is that you're never beyond anything. So some people consider, you know, like if they're, if they come to Mulemanship 2 and they're not feeling quite, quite ready, they say, I'm going to go back to Mulemanship 1. I'm going to go back to Foundation. But, you know, I don't want to think of it as going back. It's just doing it more, um, continuing, because we're never past those things. And like I said, your foundation becomes the most important. It's the most important as you start building upon it. So don't forget that. Anyways, so uh, I kind of got off track right there, but we had a few people move from that class. So that class ended up not being completely full. Um, but the others were full and mealmanship one because of people moving down, um, you know, uh, it, it was overfull. So, but it was a really amazing three days. Um, I just want to comment on how happy everybody was. Um, I just love it when people smile. I love it when people are happy. I love when people are excited to be there, excited to work. They're willing to take upon the challenges. They're ready. They're ready for it. They're ready to go. And this, you know, everybody here was just like that. It was really awesome. So um, I have a few people that I want to highlight, a few little stories I want to share. Um, so I'll start by sharing about the two mules that I got to use. So, you know, we flew out to this clinic, which is very different. You know, um, this year I have been flying to more clinics, um, but we took the whole, the whole crew, the whole family went. So me and Sky and Ellie and Swayze, we all flew out there. And, um, you know, when you fly, you can only take so much gear and so much stuff. And, you know, they just wouldn't let me take my mule on the plane. You know, I tried to, I tried to say, Hey, it's a service animal. They didn't believe me. Uh, I'm joking, but, uh, you know, we, we usually have our own mules. And so I usually demo with my own mule, which I like. Um, they don't, we don't do a whole lot. You know, I'm focused on you as a participant. I'm not focused on me working my mule, but I do like to have uh, my mule out there to sit on. And I like to just, as, as I'm demoing, it's my chance to work with my mules. So, but you know, when you fly, that's not an option. So I was really blessed to be able to use two good mules out there. Uh, the mule I used for mulemanship one was named Savannah. And Savannah's a draft mule. And um, if you check out our my Instagram page, at uh, TS Mules, or you look up on Facebook, you can see this good-looking mule. This mule had the nicest tail, the, just the most gorgeous tail of any mule I've ever rode. I've never rode a mule with that gorgeous of a tail. So um, Savannah belongs to Shannon Hoffman, the, our, our amazing host out there. And, uh, you know, Savannah reminded me of my mule, Riata, uh, th their mind how they're thinking. Um, you know, when I'm on Riata and I'm doing the class, Riata fo almost follows my head around. If I'm looking to the right, you'll notice she starts looking to the right. I look to the left, she looked to the left. And she, she watches the other animals like I do. She watches the people like I do. And, you know, Savannah was doing this, the same exact thing as, as I was hanging out in there. And, it, it, you know, I just love seeing a mule's mind work. I love watching them think. It's really cool. And Savannah was full of thinking. So that was kind of neat. You know, in Mulemanship 2, I rode a, a great mule. I've known this mule a long time since we've been going out to, to the East Coast, uh, Kenya, 
is her name. Full name, can you hear me now, is what Connie calls her, but she belongs to Connie Price. And um, if you listen to episode 90, uh, Clinic Talk Around the Campfire, then um, you'll you'll recognize Connie Price. She was on there sharing her stories. Uh, but thank you, Connie, for letting me use Kenya. What an intelligent mule. And and I it was great to write her in, in uh, mulemanship too and play around with her. So... Um, I'm really grateful when people hook me up with nice mules at the clinics. It's funny the different perspectives, uh, um, what people think, what I want, you know. Some people think that Otai wants to have a challenging animal to work with to, to show us. And, and some people think that, oh, yeah, he no, he wants a really gentle mule to work with. And, and the latter is the most important. I'm not there to train and work my, you know, work on mules myself. I'm going to the clinics there to teach you and help you with your mule, not, uh, not the demo mules. And, and so, uh, cause my focus needs to be on the participants, not on the mule I'm, uh, riding, so to speak. I mean, I pay attention. You better believe it. I'm not going to tune the mule out that I'm riding at all. But what I'm saying is, is, is I, I need to focus on the participants. And so, these couple of mules that I used in Ferguson were just, just perfect. I could leave them alone and they'd hang out there with me. Uh, I didn't have to tune up on anything or work on anything. I could just leave them alone and focus on the others. And they were great demos. So big thanks to Connie and, and, uh, Shannon for letting me use those two mules. Um, I want to shift back and, you know, I mentioned smiling and I mentioned happy people and, and there's a couple people that I want to highlight because this is so critical to doing a good job. You guys got to be happy while you're doing it. It doesn't have to be so serious. You don't have to have uh, clenched teeth while you're working your meals. You should be having fun. So there's two people that that I especially want to highlight. Um, shoot, I got a lot more than that I want to highlight. I want to highlight everybody in some way. But, you know... Um, I'm going to mention these two because their mules actually gave them some uh, uh, some wonkiness, as my buddy Lisa would say. Um, Bernie Herberts. I don't know if you guys know who Bernie Herberts is, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a plug. But he he made the documentary The Lost Sea Expedition. If you haven't seen The Lost Sea Expedition, you need to do it. So Bernie and his mule, um, oh shoot. He didn't, I can't remember what he calls this mule that went across the country. But anyways, they went across the country um, and uh, he, he's, he's been across the country a couple times, a couple times, uh, more than a couple times. He's been from North Carolina to uh, California. He's been from North Carolina to Idaho and then he's been Mexico to Canada. And then he did this Lost Sea Expedition documentary. Um, you need to look him up, Bernie Herbert's. But I want to mention him. He brought a mule um, this to this clinic named Brick. <laughs> so only I've I've never met a, a Molly mule named Brick, and so he brings this Molly mule. And um, while we're working on transitions, uh, it and he was in the foundation class, which is all groundwork, and then he was also in the mulemanship one. Those classes go together, and a lot of people do those classes together. So he's. He's in both, right? And in mulemanship, when we're going through transitions, uh, in mulemanship, when we introduce the lope, okay? So we're introducing the lope, and he's trying to get Brick to lope around, and 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 Brick gets uh, a little wonky, uh, a little 
little honky. She she's wanting to do the bounce boogie and bump and 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 while this mule is is kind of throwing a a bit of a of a fit, uh, but also loping. Um, <laughs> Bernie just is sitting there with a big old smile. You you should go on our Facebook uh, group. Our, our Facebook group is called Ty Evans Mulemanship Clinics, and Sky has an album on there uh, of every clinic that she comes to that she takes pictures at. She makes an album for you all. And there's some good pictures of Bernie in there. This mule getting a little honky on him, a little wonky on him. And he's just got a big old smile on his face. And that was really cool to see. So uh, good job, Bernie, being positive and being so happy. And, and uh, you know, his wife, Julia, came. And, uh, you know, Julia was just amazing at asking questions. And I, I love people that are very thoughtful. I like you guys to be thinkers. I like you. I like you guys to ask why. And, and, you know, you don't have to just accept an answer. You don't have to just accept things as, well, that's just the way that it is. And I don't have anything. There's no mulemanship that I practice. I want you all to know this. There's no mulemanship that I practice that I do it because that's just the way that it is. That's just the way that it's been done for whatever, how many years. That's just the way I've always done it. I don't have anything that is that excuse. There's a why to everything. And so I really appreciate you when you guys ask why. And, you know, Julia was was really good at that. So good job, you guys. Um, the other person I want to mention on the smiling thing, and I kind of mentioned her already, was Connie Price. You know, Connie hosts our clinic um, in in Virginia, our clinic in Natural Bridge, and she hosted it before in, in uh, Fort Valley and, and whatnot. And, and Connie's just amazing woman. Um, she's, she's fought brain cancer and, and, and kicked its butt and, and she's been through a lot. She's, she had brain surgery last year and, um, and it kind of set her confidence back with this particular meal, um, that she brought named Waldo. And, um, Waldo's just a young, he's just kind of a young punk. Uh, he's, he's, he's just a youngster and, and just new to the world. And, you know, he, he's a really gentle soul. Uh, I like Waldo. I think he's going to be a great mule. And, you know, Connie's been doing a good job working with Waldo. And, but last fall we did a clinic in uh, Cripple Creek, Virginia. And Connie had a little lack of confidence. And she actually talks about this a little bit in our episode 90 Um clinic stories around the campfire you can listen to it there but you know i was so impressed with how much confidence she showed here at this clinic now as we're again working on transitions waldo also gets a little honky and wonky um and this is normal in mulemanship when this happens as you guys are teaching the mules to to lope with you on their backs and, and a lot of people only practice at the clinic they don't do it enough at home and but anyways waldo did the same thing as, as bernie's mule brick was doing just kind of getting getting a little honky and wanting to, you know, they're not, they don't really buck, but they just kind of kick their heels up and kind of toss their head. And, and Waldo was doing this. And if this happened last fall, Connie would not have made it, you know, and, and Connie, I'm, she's a big fan of this podcast. She listens. Um, so she's probably nodding her head right now. But if, if Waldo did that while she was on him last fall, Connie would have said, no way I'm done and got off. She wouldn't have been able to make it. She might've broke down check out the pictures in the album. Guess who else is smiling while the mule's tossing its head and kicking its heels up. Connie is sitting there smiling through it and just working through it. Not gritting her teeth, but she's smiling through it. And 
this is how you get something done. This is how you make some good changes. So good job, Connie. I'm super proud of you for getting through that. And uh, it was just amazing to watch. Um, there's a, there's plenty of people that had great attitudes, great, you know, they were smiling the whole time. Uh, almost everybody was really, really happy. You know, Nikki Fraser was there and, and, uh, Nikki had a mule named Cujo and, and, uh, she just trying to get some confidence on this mule and she did really good. Um, happy the whole time. Another gal named Natalie Bacon was, was there with her mule named Major and, and Natalie had, uh, just had recently recovering from abdominal surgery and she was working on transitions and major did not want to trot and definitely didn't want to lope. And, you know, some of these mules get a little shut down and, and when they, when they're not good at shifting up and down through transitions, um, or I should say when they're not willing to shift up and down through transitions, they can get a little tight and they get a little bracy. And, and remember there's no such thing as a hard mouth, or a hard neck or a, a stiff at the wither, stiff at the pole, if they're not bracing the feet. And this mule was bracing the feet. And as she was trying to get him to shift up and down, he kept tripping. And when they're tight in the feet, they will trip because they're not loosened up. They're not extending properly. They're not taking the proper steps that they should and the distances they should take. They get tight and they trip. And this was happening to major and at one point he tripped and came down on his front end pretty good. And Natalie kind of went up over the saddle horn and kind of hit her belly pretty good on it, you know, where she just had her surgery. And, and that shut her down pretty good. But, you know, Natalie was a go-getter, and I know she's going to go home and work through this. And, you know, one suggestion that, that uh, I didn't get a chance to give this suggestion to her in the clinic, but, but I'm sure she listens to this podcast, and so I'll say it now. You know, when I have a meal that's really poor, at understanding my requests to shift up and down through transitions in the saddle. I'm going to go back to the groundwork and I, my liberty work. I'm going to put them in the round pan and I'm going to shift up and down, walk, trot, lope, um, you know, while we're just on the ground and get that mule easier to shift. And this will help a lot with Major Natalie. So hopefully that gives you something to work through there, you know. Um, oh, there's so many people to, to mention. Uh, another fella I want to mention, Clint Kegel from Tennessee, he brought a mule named Billy. And, um, you know, um, we were talking about learning new things. And we were talking about how, geez, sometimes it feels like the more you learn, the more there is to learn. And I really believe that. I've talked about how I used to think that mulemanship, you know, some someday I'm going to know everything. Someday I'm going to be at the top of that mountain and I'm going to know it all. And that's what I used to think when I was a kid, when I was little. I thought, that's all it is. I just got to keep learning and, until I know it all. And now I realize that the more I learn, the more I realize that there is to learn. I open up one door and there's three more behind it. And at this point in my mulemanship journey, I feel like there's more for me to learn right now than there ever has been. That's pretty cool. But we were talking about this and, and, um, and I was trying to encourage him to just, you know, just, just go with, go with the things that you know now, start working with them and start building upon them. And, you know, another fella in the clinic asked a question. He's like, how much of this, 
how much of this are we going to retain? <laughs> and, I, and that's tough. And my buddy, Robert Eversall, uh, he was a guest on here and he also hosts our clinic in Washington. You know, he, he described it well, uh, one time he says, coming to Ty's clinic for the first time is like trying to take a drink from a fire hose. <laughs> and I agree. Um, it's a lot to learn. And especially when you're so new to this stuff, especially when you're new to this type of mulemanship, I teach a very specific type of mulemanship. You know, we, we teach this great basin buckaroo tradition style mulemanship, and it's new to a lot of people, especially when I get out of the great basin, obviously. Um, and, uh, so, you know, when you guys come to these clinics, just keep in mind that you're going to retain and you're going to take away from these clinics, whatever it is that you're ready to learn. Whatever you needed right now, you're probably going to retain those pieces. What's most current in your life and in your situations, that's the piece that you're going to retain. You know, um, you learned precept upon precept, here little and there little, and that's okay. So don't feel like you have to learn it all once. Um, you know, and I've, I've had this, and, and Judy Smith was at this clinic and Judy Smith said it, um, she says, you know, she said she, she got the most out of this clinic. And also it was the best that her and her mule Sue had done together yet. She really felt she got a lot out of it. And, and, you know, Miss Judy has been to a pile of clinics. She's been to a whole bunch, you know. Um, and I, and I hear that a lot from participants that have been, they'll say, yeah, this is my, shoot, this is my fifth clinic and I got more out of this now than I ever, any of the ones yet. And you'd think that, well, geez, wouldn't you get the most out of the very first clinic you went to because you know the least about the teaching at that point? And you're going to get a lot of new information, but I don't think the retaining part is there. The retention part is there. I think, um, you know, you, this stuff needs to be repeated. And uh, so... That's an interesting thought, too. So I want to kind of shift gears here and mention uh, a participant in the um, in the foundation class. And I think you guys will appreciate this story um, because I think a lot of you can relate and a lot of you have probably been there. So I'm going to talk next about uh, a nice lady named Shireen and her mule Henry. So... Let me tell you a little bit about Henry. Um, so the first day of the clinic, she comes to me and she says, hey, um, my mule, she says, my mule's crazy. Um, he's going crazy in the barn and he's never like this. He's usually really quiet, but he's in the barn going crazy. Uh, can you, can you come, will you just lead him over to the arena for me? Um, will you go in there and catch him? Because I don't feel safe. And so, yeah, no problem. I, I uh, head to the barn and, and he's sure enough, he's, he's pawing in there and he's pacing in there and he's worried in there. And, and, um, you know, he's just nervous. And this is a little teeny box stall barn. And, you know, I don't like having mules inside barns anyways, but you know what? That's just life sometimes. You know, my mules are in different barns, different stalls, corrals, paddocks, pastures, arenas, uh, whatever all the time. And so I think your mules need to be comfortable with wherever they're at. But, you know, nonetheless, I don't enjoy I don't, I don't like the barn situation, but like I said, sometimes you got to, and that's what was available here was this, this box stall, but 
Um, and it, and it got him pretty bothered about things and worried about things. And, you know, it, it's not usually the problem. The, the stall isn't the problem. You know, the stall isn't the issue making him, you know, quote, as Shireen said, crazy. Uh, that was just something that brought it out. Um, these things are, are in there, you know, their mental comfort or discomfort is in there and there's different situations that, you know, bring it out and make it worse. Um, and this is one of them, you know, so the mental comfort is a big part of this, getting these meals mentally comfortable all the time so that when you're in the situation, uh, they're fine. So that's a big piece of this puzzle. So, so I go in there and I catch the mule and, and lead it to the arena and, um, we get our foundation class going. And as we get the foundation class going, I, I'm keeping my eye on her, you know, I'm, I'm watching Henry and I'm watching Shireen and how things are going. And, and the mule is, is way, way more calm outside now it's it's it can see the other mules and horses and donkeys there and you know um life's pretty good now and uh, and she did good what i'd like to highlight shireen for is her try um you know this stuff is really new to shireen for sure and all this groundwork is new and 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 how you know how much pressure to apply and, and when to ask and how to ask and and whatever is all new to her. And so she just kept trying. She just kept trying, you know, and, and she would work through her, you know, in, in the groundwork, your footwork is critical. How you step and where you step makes quite the difference in the quality you're going to get in the performance of the meal for sure. Just like when you're in the saddle, the way you sit, the way you use, use your hands and your legs and your seat, it, it, it makes all the difference in your riding. And on the ground, your footwork makes all the difference. And, and that's was her, you know, she had a hard time, um, getting through this, but you know what, she just kept trying and she had a fantastic attitude. You know, at one point I'm, I'm walking with her, I'm helping her trying to do this groundwork, go through these moves and she finally gets it. And, and, and I tell her good job, you know, awesome. And, and everybody outside, you know, claps and cheers for her and says, woo, you know, and, and, um, she just has a big smile on her face and she just kind of, you know, did a little fist pump up in the air and, and, uh, oh, that just made me so happy how, you know, how much try she had, you know, it, it made me really happy too, that everybody cheered for her. And that's the cool thing about our clinics and, you know, not to brag on, on what Sky and I do, but I don't know what it is, but we are really blessed. We are super blessed to attract amazing people to our clinics. The people that come to these clinics, they really want to do good. They're excellent people, and they're just, just, just amazing. And you know, to hear the whole crowd cheer for Shireen, you know, it, it wasn't anybody making fun of anybody. Nobody's teasing anybody um, negatively. Nobody's harassing anybody. They're everybody's cheering for everyone, and that's how it should be. You know, we want success out of all this. I want. I want you to be successful. I want your mules, your horses, your donkeys to be successful. And, you know, I always start my clinic out by saying, hey, if you're not here to bring out the best in your mule and the best in yourself, you're in the wrong place. 
And I explain in every clinic that we are here to bring out the best in the mule and in you. And you and the mule are on the same team. And we're cheering for you. And everybody else is cheering for you. You know, and that's so important at the clinics to know that everybody has got your back. I think that's, you know, at, at the end of this, at the end of my career, you know, whenever that'll be, I don't know. I've been doing it nine years. Here in a couple of weeks, it'll be nine years we've been doing these clinics. I can't believe how fast nine years has gone by. But at the end of this career, if I look back and and I can see this culture of people that are cheering for each other and people bridging the gap between human versus mule and people becoming a team with their mules and becoming one. If I, if I still see that, then I'll, I'll think my career was successful. That's what I'm looking for. You know, it's not about how far you get on the checklist. It's not about making every mule a bridal mule. It's not about how much you can go win and, how many miles you can ride. In the end, for me, it's about the relationships that I build with my animals and the people that are around me. I think relationships will be the most important thing at the end of this whole deal called life. And uh, so it was just so enlightening to see somebody like Shireen working hard, staying positive. It wasn't easy. Nobody ever said this was going to be easy. Nobody says, hey, Ty Evans clinics are easy. Nobody said that before. But at the end of the deal, hey, it was worth it. We worked hard. We worked smart. And these are the rewards. So good job, Shireen. Thank you for never giving up. I want to share a quick story about Shireen that some of you might get a kick out of. And, and we kind of talked about it a little bit in episode 90 uh, around the campfire. But uh, so whenever somebody's having a hard time with their footwork in our clinics, I'll grab my rope, my lariat rope off my saddle, and I'll bring them out to the middle. And I become the mule. <laughs> and I often act like the mule. So whatever issues they're dealing with with the mule, I'm going to do those same things on the ground to them, you know. So basically I become the mule, I have the end of the rope and they have the, you know, the, you know, the majority of the lead rope, right. And they, and I have them, you know, go through the steps with me. They clear the front, get the circles going. They're supposed to roll the hind quarters, roll the front quarters, you know, all this stuff. And, and, you know, this Henry mule that Shireen was working with, he, he, he wasn't like a, a belligerent, uh, pushy mule at all. He's not the kind that's going to run you over and step all over you, um, at all. Okay. He, 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 he's not like that. Um, but he was pushy. He he knew that, um, or rather he didn't know that there were standards to follow. Okay. So he kind of pushed around a bit, especially with the shoulder. So as we're working there, I start to kind of crowd in on Shireen and, and I'm kind of saying, Hey, look, I'm kind of pushing you like Henry did a little bit. And she would just want to back off. And, and this is part of the problem that she was having of keeping this meal going. She'd just kind of back off. And so I kind of kept creeping in there, kind of pushing on her a little bit, just pretending you know, like I'm the mule and, and, uh, and I'm wanting her to drive me off, like get a little bit more serious with that tail end of the rope and drive me off and, and set that standard that, Hey, you can't push. And, uh, out in the crowd, there's this, the gal called Dara <laughs> and Dara's going to be listening to this. She's going to be chuckling, but Dara is, uh, 
Oh, she's a good friend of mine. And, and she's a heckler though. And, and Dara, you know, I finally, I know when I fit in at the clinics, I know when I'm finally accepted by you all at a clinic, when you guys start to harass me and tease me and, 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 you know, Dara, she, apparently she accepted me a long time ago because she has harassed me from the beginning. And so I'm kind of crowding in on Shireen and Dara from out there. And I, I'm not even, I don't even, you know, I'm not even looking over there, but I know her voice. Right. And, and, and I'm kind of pushing on Shireen. Right. And Dara yells, hit him, <laughs> hit him. And, uh, every, you know, everybody laughs because it's funny. Right. And anyway, Shireen was being so, um, you know, so mild, she, she didn't want it. She didn't want to drive me off. She didn't want to hit me with that tail on the lead rope, you know, and she, she's very meek, you know, and, but it was funny, Dare just, yeah. And I, and I said in the microphone, you know, I'm, I played this game with Dara one time when I let her lead me around and I'm never doing it again. She took the flag to me pretty good. <laughs> so, um, that was kind of fun. You know, I, I love when, uh, so like I said, I know when I'm accepted and, and my, my Australia friends, and I got a few friends in Australia that listen to this, you know, they're the ones that taught me that they say, Hey, you know what? When people start to tease you, that means they like you. And, uh, and I've thought about that a lot. And in fact, the first time I went to Australia, um, you know, they told me that right off. They say, Oh, you'll know if they like you when they start to tease you. And the first couple of days, nobody really teased me. Nobody really said anything. And I said, Oh, geez. Hey, Robert, and Robert listens to this podcast. So, hey, Robert, um, Robert says, oh, don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll like you. And sure enough, end of the second day, beginning of the third day. Oh yeah. They started heckling me and teasing me. And so I, I knew that I was finally accepted down there. So anyways, that kind of keeps things fun. You know, these clinics have a way of developing little clinic families. And I've mentioned episode 90 a couple times. You need to go listen to it. Um, because, well, a lot of you listening were there, I'm sure. But, um, you know, you kind of make a family out of this whole thing. And, and when we we're, we're back east, we're so far from home. We're so far from family, except for, you know, me and Sky and the girls together, obviously, but extended family. And and the amazing people at this clinic in Ferguson, North Carolina, and, and a few other East Coast clinics, you know, everybody gets together and just makes you feel so much at home and you know the camaraderie there is amazing every night um kenny johnson aka sweetie <laughs> that's what that in fact when i first met kenny i didn't know his first i didn't really know his name i didn't know his name the first two years of being around him everybody just called him sweetie and uh but sweetie kenny <laughs> uh, cooked uh he cooked for us every night and and another fellow there named Wayne from West Virginia, good good man. He he cooked, and one night they made uh, rotisserie chicken over the fire. And, oh my gosh, talk about something good! And uh, so much food. I probably gained a few pounds out there. And this is going to charge me more to fly back on the plane. I'm sure they wanted to, but you know, good people. And I hope all of you listening, whatever clinic you come to you'll be willing to get out of your, your box, out of your little comfort zone box and, and meet these amazing people. Um, every clinic that we do has amazing people like this and there becomes a little clinic family, little camaraderie. And I hope you get to experience that. Maybe you'll be the one that 
that starts that at the clinic that you come to. Maybe you'll the, you'll be the one that is super welcoming for everyone. I'll tell you what, Sky and I and our girls, we really appreciate it when people make us feel like we're at home when we're so far away. So, you know, there's so many people to mention in this clinic. Uh, um, oh, it's it's tough to, you know, go through all these. Um, there was like I think there's about 30 people here at this clinic, give or take, you know, um, it was a clinic of clinic hosts for sure. We had, uh, you know, obviously Shannon hosts the clinic in North Carolina. She's there. Connie Price was there. She hosts the clinic in Natural Bridge, Virginia. Nancy Slyes was there. She hosts the clinic in Cripple Creek, Virginia. Uh, Julia Blackmore was there. She hosts the clinic in Florida for us. So a lot of amazing people were there. Um, it's kind of fun. A few of these people um, are students of horsemanship way back, and it puts some pressure on me, and I love it. Um, and I love to be able to sit down and talk to these people after about their experiences because a bunch of people that come to this clinic had been to Ray Hunt clinics when he was alive, and one of them had even uh, rode with Tom Dorrance when he was alive. Um, and Boy, that's just really cool because that's kind of my, you know, my lineage. You, you know, you, if you if you listen to previous episodes, you guys will, you know, you'll have learned for you know who my mentors are, and I've talked about them. Of course, I learned the most from my dad for sure. He taught me more than anybody, um, you know. But uh, Brad Cameron's one of my mentors, and and uh, you know uh, Buck Branneman, and and uh, but these these fellows they learned from Ray Hunt and Tom Dorrance and. And so this is kind of my, it's kind of like my lineage. And so when people um, come to the clinics that have attended the, these these amazing men's clinics way back when, I, I I would rather put my microphone down and just sit and listen to these folks talk uh, rather than do my own clinic, you know. And but it puts it does put a little pressure on me. Step things up, make sure that I'm I'm doing good. And and so I always love when when people like that come along. It's it's pretty amazing. So. It's amazing to ride with great people that want to learn. It, it really is. You know, you need to be surrounded by the type of people that you want to become. That's going to make you better. Surround yourself with the type of people that you want to be. And I want to be the best student that I can be. I want to be a really good learner. If I'm good at learning, I can do anything. And so when I hang out with people like this, the people here at this clinic, they're good at learning and they're good at being students and they're humble. They're not prideful. They're willing. They're, they're, they're hungry for education. They're hungry to be better. When I hang out with people like that, it rubs off on me and it makes me want to do the same exact thing. And so, oh shoot, it was, it was great. It was, it was amazing clinic. Um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other little highlights I could mention. One more is uh, Holly Fisher. I don't know if Holly listens to this podcast or not, but she brought a donkey named Sass. I actually had a longer name than that, but I don't remember it, but she called her Sass. And uh, another little highlight, you know, during the mealmanship one, when we were introducing loping, I said, hey, Holly, can you can you lope that donkey? And she says, absolutely. And um, she just, just barely kicked that thing up and it got right into a lope. I mean, it transitioned so nice. And there's a lot of people with good, fast horses and good, fast mules that, that can't get their animal into a transition that quick. And and so I'm very impressed with, with a donkey. A lot of people with donkeys 
don't work on transitions. They don't ever ask them to do anything but walk. And, and sometimes they can get a little lazy. Not Holly's donkey. Not Sass. She ain't going to be lazy at all. She kicked her right up into it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So, so I think that's going to be a wrap on our Ferguson, North Carolina clinic. Um, so the lessons from, there's always lessons that I learned from this. And I think my biggest takeaway from Ferguson, North Carolina was to remember to smile even through the troubles. And there's days, there's days that come up that, you know, I really can't complain because I got an amazing job. I can't even call it a job. You guys, I'm joking with myself here. I can't even call it a job. Um, but I love what I do. What I do provides for my family and I really love what I do, but no, you know, I do have some, if I'm being totally transparent, I do have some bad days. There's some days where I wonder why I put myself and my family in the public light, why we make ourselves so transparent. Um, you know, we share a lot of our lives with you all. Um, and there's days that I, if I'm honest, I wish we didn't. There's some days that I kind of want to um, just hide out here in my little hometown of Fountain Green, Utah, and and just be just be me um, without expectations. You know, um, sometimes as a clinician, being out there when we put ourselves out in the public, the more people that know us that makes more chances for people that might not like us. And sometimes that happens and not everybody, not everybody likes me. And that's hard for me because I want to be, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. You guys, I really am. I, I like everybody to be happy. I really do. I, that's why I do these clinics. That's why I teach as I, so I want to help everybody be the best they can be. And so sometimes when we get some of the, you know, negative feedback or something, it really, you know, affects me more than it, it should. And so this clinic, you know, some of these people, Bernie, Connie, Nikki, these people smiling through the trouble situations, the positive attitude through the trouble, the positive attitude through the hard times, you know, and, you know, um, great example to me. So thank you. I always learn some of these clinics and that was my lesson this week is to just keep smiling no matter what. So I really appreciate you guys for smiling. Thank you. Such a happy clinic, such a, just a happy place. I, um, if you, if you have never been to Leatherwood mule day, mule days at Leatherwood rather, or our clinic in North Carolina, you, and if you're anywhere around there surrounding States or not, because remember all these States I mentioned, I mean, shoot, we had them as far as from, from Pennsylvania all the way South to Florida and every state in between. Um, you know, if you're anywhere close, you need to be there because it's a heck of a good time and just such happy people. So anyways, um, we're going to call it good. Hey, if it's not too much to ask, and this is especially if you're listening on Apple podcasts, if you would be so kind as to leave me a review on there, I would love to hear the feedback of these podcasts. I'd love to hear what you have to say about them. I would love it if you would leave a five-star rating if you think I deserve it. I'd be just very grateful to you. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Google or Spotify or, or, or whatever else, um, you know they don't offer you a way to 
leave reviews. So um, maybe you go on Facebook and, and say something about your, you know, let me know your favorite podcast episode. Tell me about it. So I'd be grateful for that if it doesn't take too much of your time. Um, in the meantime, uh, keep riding, keep enjoying your mules and your horses, your donkeys. Keep trying to keep, keep trying to be better. Hey, and remember to just keep smiling. God bless, and we will see you on the next one.